This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Open the Voice Gate for October 26, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, just click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You just have to click the red box that says sponsor this podcast. You can set a, a one-time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous sponsors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. Joined alongside, as always, my co-host and friend, Case Lowe. And Case, it is a weird energy, I have to say, over the last like week, at least in my life. I don't know if it's been similar to you, and it's kind of a weird energy going into this big show coming up next Wednesday in Osaka. Uh, how are you doing, bud? I just bit my lip as you were introducing me, so things are off to a weird pretty energy. horrible start here. Yeah, I mean, weird energy is one way of putting it. I, my life could be described as just actively bad right now. We'll see uh, if this podcast improves. And of course, I'm now recording in a lot of pain. This is my flu game, and I look forward to persevering through whatever comes my way. But yeah, it's not, I mean... I wouldn't describe things as going well right now. I, I don't, I, I f- almost feel bad because I feel like I never elaborate on that. I just, you open up the show every week. You're like, Case, how are you doing? I'm like, well, things are falling apart anyways. So why <laughs> Estrella did this spot? Um, But that's the way, I, that's the way I'm going to keep it. I am, I am I waiting for, I there's it. nothing, there's nothing I would love more than, you know, Case, how are you doing? Well, Mike Spears, let me tell you, things are going well in Case Lowe's camp right now, but that has never happened. That probably will never happen. And uh, I just don't, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon at the very least. So things are pretty tense right now. I'm, I'm feeling the stress a little bit. And this gate of destiny season is not helping. <laughs> it's, um, it's a show that <laughs> exists. I mean, we were talking right before we started recording. I'm I'm into this card, and today, you know, we're previewing the Gate of Destiny show. Brief thoughts on on the Fukuoka shows that happened this past weekend. I like the card on paper, but it does feel abnormally cold right now. Uh, at least with our temperature check for Western fans and how they feel about Dragon Gate. Yeah, I th- I think that this is a show that uh, we're both pretty well on record that we're already down on this title match, like. Hulk could come out here and turn the clock back seven years and rock it. And you know what? I'd be totally happy. But as of today, time of recording, 
this is the coldest I've been towards a Dreamgate match in a long time. Like, I'm trying to think of, it, it might have been, like, one of the random, like, oh, it was the the Amato versus uh, Cyber Kong cage stuff that they were all doing, like, in 2016. Like, that was the last time I think I was as down on a title match as this. And I think yeah, that... Yeah, it's, it's a Yamato Dreamgate run. It's so we're yeah. cold on it. I was thinking about that today. We'll talk a little bit about it more when we preview the match, but... You know, we talked at length on this show from, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020 onwards, really up through this year. But, you know, I I hope Dragon Gate learned their lessons from that last Yamato Dreamgate run, the one that began in July of 2016 and ended in September of 2017. You know, that rain really hurt my interest in this product. And also, you know, I look back at some of my coverage and I was just, you know, a going through a lot of life changes meaning i was now adjusting to being a college student during yamato's run so i had a lot of things going on i couldn't devote my entire life to drangate in a way where i can certainly focus more on it now but i still have that real uneasy borderline uninterested feeling when i look at the main event of these big shows which kills me because again there's a lot to like on this show but yamato versus bb hulk no matter how good hulk has or hasn't been on the road to shows it doesn't excite me, uh, and I, I don't get the impression that it excites a lot of people in our bubble, and when you're losing our support and you're losing the support of, again, the bubble that we're in, which is a very small, finite bubble, but this is a pretty positive group of people, and I'm not feeling that positivity right now. And, and it's something that I do think it is what your opinion on BB Hulk in 2021, kind of, and the way maybe like steers your ship or points your ship in what direction you're going to be going to for this match just because like we now know what we we more than know what we're getting in a Yamato Dreamgate match and we've seen now that he's really reverted back to that reign you were talking about instead of the really exciting stuff he was doing this May through August so it's just like I I I'm down I'm somewhat down on the match I think that the, there's still potential this match could be great. It's just something that, like, reconciling, like, how they've done this and just the overall just, like, weirdness about the Dreamgate that's really kind of started when Yamato interjected himself into the Dreamgate before Speed Star Final, you know? And I think also what what's hurting a little bit, and this is something that... uh talked about a bit in the VOW Discord is high end as a super face unit is not necessarily hitting the highs. And that was something that I also noticed on the Fukuoka show against uh, RED. I was like, this is just, you know, like it's not flowing as much as I've been seeing like these RED heel matches can be. And I think that like how your super face unit is, is often how you kind of feel about the promotion where in the past, like where I mean, maximum as a super face unit. That was a pr- relatively high time. Uh, Monster Express, one of the highest times, I would say, uh, at least among like Western fans, World One and stuff like this. And you have high end. That's just Yamato and Friends Part Two. And I think that that somehow like has a rub off effect because like if you just take everything else, if you take the the Dreamgate match off the card, you have a pretty uninspiring uh, high end challenger team. Of course, some of that is because some stuff we'll get into. And then the rest of the card, as you were saying, like there's nothing there, there's nothing not to love about the Twin Gate match. There's just a lot of fun stuff on this show and a lot of people taking step forwards. 
that like I'm excited about, but man, when you have the prospect of BB Hulk and Yamato as your top match in arguably your number three show of the year, number four this year because of of Yoshino's retirement, but Kate Destiny is one of your one of the big fives and probably slots at least in my books behind final gate as like where it is on the show of the year. But it's also like, at least in me case, personally gate of destiny is like the work rate show in a lot of ways. And I look at this Dreamgate match and it's not a work rate match whatsoever. Unless somehow again, Hulk turns it back seven years. Yeah. I thought the discussion of the voices of wrestling discord, which I am now an active member of, by the way, I had been lurking for a second. I, I did not realize the amount of heavy hitters that are participating in that discord. I kind of thought it was the geek squad. I kind of thought it was a bunch of nobodies. And then I, I looked at some of the names in the chat, you know, I, I don't look, I don't, I don't want to name anybody cause I don't want to leave anybody out, but I, I was blown away by the, some of the participation there. So I am now, uh, I have signed up. I'm an active member of a discord that, uh, the website I'm on owns. It's fantastic. Uh, but the, the foremost the, thinkers <laughs> of the dragon system are all there. I couldn't believe it. There are some people I was like, holy shit, they're contributing here. I got to get in on this conversation. I, I was really surprised by it. Um, but, you know, somebody made the point of, you know, Masquerade versus R.E.D. has juice to it. There's interesting stuff with Shun and Diamante. There's obviously the ongoing La Estrella versus, or I'm sorry, not La Estrella, but Dragon Dia versus Diane Inferno. There's your La Estrella versus Diamante stuff. There's some underlying Shun versus Ata stuff that I don't necessarily think Drangate has played into, and I'm curious to see if they will before what we expect to be the demise of R.E.D. sometime in the near future. High End just doesn't have that. There, There's no juice to this unit really outside of, you know, I think Dragon Kid's incredibly compelling on most of these shows. There's Binsuke as a tag team, which hasn't really been explored, and due to Okuda's injury, it doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon. But again, you know, my fear with this Yamato title run is the same thing that we dealt with in 2016, where at least there the build was perfect. From May to July, Yamato versus Shingo, there is nothing I would change. It was perfectly done. 2021 rolls around. Okay, he wants to insert himself into Yoshino's farewell. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand why they did it. I'll give it to him. But where does Yamato go? This guy is so hurt by Shingo and Tozawa not being on the roster anymore. It, it, it's amazing the toll that has taken and the fact that he's – yeah, has he wrestled KZ this year? They, they had a singles match, didn't they? I think they, they they had to have had one. They were in the same group in King of Kate, right? God, now I'm I, – and I'm good at this. And, of course, my cage matches uh, uh, are running slower than normal. But I, my, my point stands outside of – Casey, I there's nothing that I want to see Yamato do. Like I'm just completely uninterested in whatever comes next for him because I I don't I don't care. And they have not had a singles match this year. I thought they did, but they have not. Last uh, year, I was thinking of last year. I yes. just pulled it up. Yeah. So let's say Yamato beats Hulk, which you know God God willing he will, and I fully expect him to. I actually I I think looking at this card, the results are pretty obvious. I. I don't think there's a lot of 50-50 matches on this show. I wouldn't be surprised when the Voices of Wrestling group preview comes out if everybody, for the most part, has the same results. But let's say Yamato wins this. Okay, so he's he's beat Shun. He's beat Minora. Now he's going to beat Hulk. 
do you go to Yamato versus Ata? I mean, that's a that's a big match. That's big enough for Final Gate. That could be interesting. I don't think they're going, you know, Yamato versus Ashida. I don't think they're already going to go to Yamato versus KZ. Do do that weird, like a Yamato versus Susumu match, just because Susumu can be heated up so quickly. There's just never, yeah. there's never a natural next step with Yamato. And I complained about that when he won the belt. And I complained about that when uh, there was the preview to Dangerous Gate. And it looked like for a while that it was either going to be Ben K, Mochizuki, or Kai, which, God, that build is so confusing with, you know, as, as we go uh, farther apart from it. Minora was yeah. the right guy to be in there, but the build wasn't clear. And now it's just like, okay, what else? I, I He is so uninteresting as the main guy of this promotion. And that uninterestingness bleeds into his unit. It bleeds into the title picture and it bleeds into these main events. And it's such a bummer because when he wasn't the number one guy this year, when he was in King of Gate, I thought he was fabulous. I thought he was on top of his game. And as soon as he got this gold back around his waist, I am back to just not caring about Yamato. And it's something that, I mean, they still have Gate of Origin at the end of November, which they could or couldn't throw a Dream Gate match there. Who knows with that one? That that's still a show really early in its infancy to see. Like sometimes they've done title matches there, sometimes they haven't. And then like Final Gate, it's just like that. It it's going to be an interesting close of the year, I would say, just because of there is the thing that like Yamato, like yes, he he had that time away from the title, which was really important to like refresh like his challengers. But you, when you like really like look at the people that would potentially be like his best challengers, uh, you know, like Okuda probably meshes really well with him, but uh, Okuda's injured, and you know that would be unprecedented for him to get elevated that quickly. Considering yeah, Okuda's Okuda's not Dreamgate caliber. I, I don't know if no, he ever will no. be. But but like the thing is that he's such a stylistic kind of deal that it takes someone like Susumu, it takes someone like Mochizuki, who had the best matches of his last title run. That I just don't see because the, the whole entire landscape has changed and i i think that that probably should have gone without saying but i said it anyways that unless like big step forward doi i could see doi being the next one there but uh it's just a weird spot there and then as you like look down the card i mean there's a lot of interesting stuff there and you know with the way that uh with the way that they've booked the brave gate title that we talked about last week there's no brave gate title match on this show but it's just it's something that like when i look at these matches maybe it is that i like enough of the matches on this show that when you combine them all together i will be very positive about it but it's just such a uninteresting uh just main event that really kind of colors everything i would say uh this is definitely a show that can uh what what's the word i'm looking for here that can that can really yeah thank you holy shit i'm a professional broadcaster yeah this show can overachieve in a real easy way because i feel like the floor for this is pretty low you know dead or alive there was a ton of anticipation going in and for a, a number of reasons dead or alive didn't necessarily live up to the hype i thought world and speed star final were great dangerous gate a show that ultimately you know yamato versus Minora is probably gonna be in my top 10 this year it's one of the best matches i've seen main event delivered show was pretty good but you still left dangerous gate going like hmm it's a big dragon gate show i kind of wanted more from that this is one where it's again it's going in with seemingly no buzz outside of the noah tag 
it's a main event that people are cold on. If that main event's four stars, if Yamato versus Hulk winds up in your notebook and on my spreadsheet, that's an undoubted win. And I think that will, to some degree, generate the, oh, oh I heard the Dreamgate match was good. Whereas, you know, if Yamato versus Minoru was four stars, it would have been labeled a disappointment. So there's a low bar for this show to clear, but... I still don't. I, I still don't feel good about it. But again, check the temperature on the rest of the the pro- promotion right now, Mike. I like everything that's going on outside of the Dreamgate scene. I love the elevation of the rookies with Ihashis and now Hayakawa, who we'll talk about in just a little bit. I am very much invested in Dragon Daya versus Daya Inferno. I obviously am over the moon about SB Kencho. We'll talk about him more on this show. There is a lot to like right now, but. It's just that stench at the top of the card that it's really hard for me to get past. Yeah, no, it, it, it's something where it's the, this is a company that, as much as they say, as the Triangle Gate kind of tells you which unit is the one on top right now. Like it, it's the lead. Who is the leading character right now? And it, we had what he called the Great Reset, but we're learning yet again that it, when he said Great Reset, he meant it literally because we are back to 2016 in a lot of ways with a roster that's completely different and that you're going to be asking a lot of to kind of step up to fill the void that you don't have anymore. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Before we get into like a full breakdown preview, they did have two shows on Sunday. It was one of their quarterly double headers in Fukuoka, which case you mentioned the person who's kind of the man of the hour, or at least a man of Fukuoka and the most over person on the, on these two shows. And that is the debuting Takumi Hayakawa who stepped in because uh, Keisuke Akuda the day previously, he injured his knee. I did not have time to reach out and get a injury list report kind of going, but it's a, it's a knee and those things you could either be back in a few weeks or you could be out for a year and I haven't heard if it was a tear or anything yet, but he stepped up. He had his official debut on the afternoon card and then had what I thought was like one of the most fun matches of the show with, on the next night. So uh, Takumi Hayakawa, the tiny tank, is now officially elevated from future to Dragon Gate proper. So real quick on Akuda, everywhere I've looked, he is listed as having a knee injury, but he did post an Instagram story on October 26th with his arm wrapped up. So I don't know what's going on there. That could just be an older picture of him. You know, I, I guess going through the memories of prior injuries that he's had, I'm not entirely sure, but we don't have anything confirmed on Akuda. We just know that he was pulled off these shows the day of, and that he is out of the open, the triangle gate championship match at gate of destiny. We have no further word there. I don't anticipate him to be on the November 5th cork and hall show, given that it's two days after the big pay-per-view as for Hayakawa. There's some good and some bad here. The, I, I, I want to lead off with the bad because I, I want to get it out of the way. I think Hayakawa is probably the least impressive Dragon Gate debut we've had since maybe uh, the class of 2016. I think everyone that's coming, OG Shiba included, just because Shiba had a built-in angle and his debut match was him and Kotoka against Shima and Gamma, and I thought he looked all right there. Everyone has either had a produced debut or in the case of Minora, who was a black tights young boy, Minora blew me away from the first match. I knew he was going to be great. I knew Hayakawa was small. We talked about him when we talked about future matches. I knew he was small. I did not realize until he stepped in the ring with, you know, non young boys here 
he is an astonishing 156 centimeters, which is basically 5'1". Hayakawa is the size of women I like to date. I mean, he is microscopic. I was so uh, just blown away at how small this guy was. And it is going to be a, a personal uphill battle for me, even in this promotion where you have a, you know, uh, it's a promotion built on small guys. He's an inch shorter than Marco Stunt, and that is just going to be really, really hard for me to get over. He's the first guy outside of Sheba that's debuted in a while where I go, hmm, I, I, I don't I don't know about him. I don't know if he's going to make it. I, I hope to be wrong. I, I honestly look forward to him proving me wrong, but I just I, I don't know if his body can handle it. I don't know what position you use him in. I don't know if it's going to be one of these weird, you know, generico like underdog charisma things where he rises above or if he is too small even for this roster to be taken seriously, because it's not like he has this tremendous amount of muscle. I mean, Kamei's a small guy, but Kamei's a built guy. I mean, he he has put on some size in recent months. Hayakawa is just not that, and I I worry about him. So for as fun as these debut matches were, and then there are a few specific spots I wanted to point out that I really liked, I did not come away loving him outside of this weekend. Yeah, just so people can get a sense if you've not caught these shows, uh, you said he was 156 centimeters, right? Yes. So uh, Jackie Funky Kamei who we were always like maybe his size is going to keep him to a certain point, almost is 163 centimeters, so three full inches taller, basically. And it, It's madness. I mean, I was so stunned watching him yeah. on camera. I, I, I'll say this. I think I'm a little bit higher on him I just because I thought that he in future matches showed a bit of a, like a spark plug to him, and that's going to be the thing. Like if he's able to get the crowd connection, and with that, it, he's not going to be someone that like yeah, we can like see him like with like a Dream Gate run just because like five foot one still is rough in Dragon Gate. It's I mean that is tough. I mean, there's a reason why Dragon Kid never won the Dream Gate, or really never really is too much in the picture. You know, you just. It's just one of those things that's kind of tough. I mean, Jay's talked about it on this program about how height is still kind of a thing in Dragon Gate. It's still one of those things to consider. But I, I look I mean, at it, it affects SB Kento, and SB Kento is. I, I finally put this together this week. I don't know if I've said this on the show before because I think it's something I finally figured out. SB Kento is Dragon Gate Adam Cole. Do we have any disagreements with that? Uh, you, you do know that I've gone fully Adam Cole pilled, right? Like, oh, uh, please explain, Mike Spears. What? Take oh, me I, into the Adam Cole verse. I have, since he returned, like, for one, seeing him live, like, debut and seeing the reaction there, I, it goes by the adage of, oh, is he any good? It doesn't matter. He's fucking over. So, like, there's that that you're like, you when, you, when someone's, like, so over like that, you kind of let it wash over you and, like, okay, this person's a true star, whereas I'd never thought about that anytime before all out this year. And then, like, I started, like, the theme is, you know, catchy enough. It, it, it's one of those things that, like, Aaron Bentley has talked about. Like, it gives you, like, a dopamine hit whenever he does, like, the thumb point and all of that. Uh, he's kind of like a Pokemon in that matter that he, like, he likes shouting out his name a lot. And I've watched, like, his streams. He's a very pleasant person, or at least appears to be. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm Adam Colpilt now. He's incredibly likable. If you go back to Cole Cabana's Art of Wrestling archives, I think Cole, and this was an interview from 2012, I believe. 
I think Cole is one of the best interviews Cabana ever did because you just get an impression of, you know, oh, oh my God, the, the only thing this guy's ever wanted to do is be a pro wrestler. But he also is like a normal, normal-ish guy on the standard of pro, on the scale of pro wrestlers. He's very seemingly well-adjusted. I always liked the way he carried himself in Ring of Honor. When he was Ring of Honor champion, he would wear a suit during the meet and greets, whereas the other guys were just in, you know, whatever, casual wear. And I always liked that about him. I there was the rumor of him going to AEW and people going, oh, I don't I don't know what he's going to what he's going to be like. No, he's going to be the biggest fucking thing on the roster. I, I know it's easy to make that take in hindsight, but I was blown away that people would even question it in the moment. But my point about SB Kento being Adam Cole is, you know, Jay said SB Kento would already be Dreamgate champion if he was three inches taller. I think he'll get there despite his size. You think about Adam Cole, you know, think about all that he's done in his career and imagine if he was three inches taller, he would be literally unstoppable. Yeah, no, and it's something also with, like, keeping the similarity there. Like, Adam Cole's entering never has blown me away. SP Kento's putting it together in front of us, and I think he's going to end up being a strong wrestler. It's just that's the last tool for him to put together there. Whereas, like, Adam Cole, not necessarily, like, this great, like, wrestling technician guy, but he's a guy who hits everything right, and, you know, if it ends up that SP Kento has an Adam Cole trajectory, I mean, there, 90% of wrestling would love to have Adam Cole's like career path, right? Like, I mean, come on. So, oh, absolutely. And and for Hayakawa, you know, I compared him to Marco Stone earlier, but that's that's got to be his roadmap is, boy, get into a fun trios act and get thrown around a little bit. Yeah, uh, Brave Gate, but it's like that might be, and I know that's like the ceiling I apply to people who are shorter in this company, but... It's just something that's like, other than like being a, t- a tag team partner, or a triangle gate guy, or like Sachi, you know, like it, there's just like certain kind of roles for someone like that. I do think he has the fundamentals down in a way, and he has like a nice like spitfire. Like he has like the the spark plug, and we've already seen the crowd. Like when we talk about when I mentioned like most everything on the show, uh, uh, Naruki Doi just started doing the body slam spot that you see all the time in the uh, North American Indies to this match this was on the evening show it was uh hayakawa naruki toy versus don fuji and jackie funky kamei who again fun chemistry between don fuji and a young guy who who would have thought but uh just naruki toy just like he did about five body slams of uh of hayakawa onto uh kamei and fukuoka was laughing uproariously was having a great time watching naruki toy throw around this the, this very small man i say man he is 24 so he we are starting to see like after class of 2020 we're so we're so young and everyone like between 2016 and 2019 we're on the younger side so far the three debuties we had in 2021 have been 24 25 and 24 so i mean it's not like you look at him it's like maybe he grows another inch like this is what we, what we get i guess Look, I'm 22, and I have been praying to the Lord above for another growth spurt. I'm 6'2 right now. If I get another two, three inches, I, I, I think I could do a lot of good in this world with that. <laughs> the, 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 that's not like a little vague and creepy in a way. I could do a lot of good in this world with two inches. Yeah, I would love it if I could. Mike, I mean, look, you'd be I, six you know, four. I, you'd be six four. Great. Come on. Great. I'd love to be 6'4. I'm being the I'm, fucking NBA if I was 6'4 with my handles. You kidding me? Oh my god. I just need those extra two or three inches. That that would do a lot of great no for the world. 
you know, your handles. I think people would, I think people would like me way more if I was two inches taller. The thing is, I don't get credit for being as tall as I am because I walk around and I'm six, two, but I have the personality of somebody that's five, seven. And I think it's a huge detractor in my life. I, and I know you're a short King. I'm not meaning to slander you or Aaron Bentley, but I walk around with a certain level of desperation and attention that most, not all, not all short men, Mike, but most short men are are needing a little something more in their lives. And I feel like I unfortunately give off that aura to some extent, despite the fact that I stand a comfortable six, two taller than basically everyone on the Dragon Gate roster, taller than most of the AEW roster. But if I was six, four, six, five, oh boy, I, I would be slapping uh, uh, the top of door uh, doorways with pride. I'd be as happy as could be. I would finally, I'd be able to come on this show. Case, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike Spears. I'm six four and I'm doing all right. I mean, hey, yeah, you can get like larger boots and you know put a lift in there, and you know you you, you wouldn't be six four, but you could feel and appear six four. Like like maybe there's a way we could work our way around this case. You know, but while, as, while, while as, we're in this ballpark, hold on. <laughs> while we're in this ballpark, because I was I was on the phone with a friend today, and I didn't realize that I participated in an insane behavior until I said it out loud, and then I realized, oh shit, I'm insane. I'm going on a date tomorrow, and I'm you know obviously rubbing the hands together, pumped to get back out there. I'm I'm very intimidated by this woman. I don't know a lot about her. Uh, what I do know is that she seems very fashionable. Very trendy is the term I'll use. And that is incredibly intimidating to me as somebody that identifies himself as typically my only allergy is that I'm allergic to trends. I panicked looking at my closet today because I really, I was just, I was not feeling good about any of my options. Like, what am I going to wear? The shitty straight edge band t-shirt that I have. Am I going to wear the Morrissey t-shirt that I have? Am I going to wear the Perro Stel Mall t-shirt that I have? Oh, what's your shirt? Oh, it's so, you see, there's this guy, Perro Guayo Jr. And I, you know, I like his dad. And then she leaves before I even get to Nozawa and Eita in this conversation. So <laughs> I, I walked down the street to Target. I spent about $150 on new clothes today and uh, might not even wear the new clothes of the day tomorrow. I just got, I got home and I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I like any of this. Maybe I need to go make a return. But I, I, I was so, I, I, I feel, you know, I feel good about myself most of the time. Sometimes I, every once in a while I feel good about myself, but this is one of those times where I just looked at my closet it's like, man, I dress like a 14-year-old boy. I really need to go out and get something presentable. This is a, We're going to a dinner where I had to make reservations for. I can't show up in a, in a, in a Morrissey t-shirt. That's not allowed there. They're going to frown upon me. If I wear my Jackie Robinson t-shirt or my Kareem Abdul-Jabbar t-shirt, they're not going to like me there. I need to wear something more presentable. Thus, the men's section at Target presented itself to me. You see, this is why flannels and chambray i i I have, I have the same flannel shirts i've had for like 15 years they're awesome like come on like we're in flannel season at this point man you just got to get yourself find yourself a good i know you're a carhartt guy go get yourself love the carhartt go like a nice carhartt jacket and a t-shirt i mean as long as this doesn't say like you're supposed to be business casual you're good to go man it's confidence you got it you got it you know what george zimmer said you got to like the way you look and he guaranteed it and that's the thing you got to think about why can't I think of who George Zimmer is? 
he's the guy who started men's warehouse that might have been a oh, reference okay. before oh, your time. no that was i was thinking it was somebody else but no that no, makes no, sense no, there's yeah, another I'm... person whose name starts george zimmer that we're not talking about here that's so. what i was like wait a minute is mike spears pulling that quote out of the box that seems no. troubling no 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 i, I thought i was just aging is myself that what out. he said is that what he said george zimmer <laughs> still with us by the way he is still with us he is long right live. now long live he is now the founder of generation tux after he got fired from men's warehouse and he's also someone who's calling research into the therapeutic therapeutic use of mdma Okay, so Joe Rogan's got to talk to this guy. I'm surprised that this guy hasn't been. I, I look, I, I obviously I don't listen to Joe Rogan because I hate myself, but not in that way. If Joe, Joe Rogan has the Men's Warehouse founder on his podcast, I will listen to all seven hours of that. Okay, I'm looking at George Zimmer's uh, Twitter account, which, by the way, has not tweeted since 2018. Respect there. Uh, he ends his his bio here. Founder of Generation Talks and Men's Warehouse. Father for husband. Business warrior monk. This, this, by the way, this could have been a Torimon X gimmick. The Generation Talks <laughs> is what the Sailor Boys could have been. Oh, man. How the how the dragon system would be completely different if they were generation. <laughs> we're headlining this show with Yamato versus Taiji Ishimori if Generation Tux was a thing. And here's the thing: since it's main event, Generation Tux Taiji Ishimori full morning coat and tails. You know, and what, he does. He, and he does his his Gangnam style gimmick, and he dances out of the tuxedo for his ring entrance. Oh, I mean, people love it. People would love Generation Tux uh, Dragon Gate main eventer Taiji Ishimori, but. Hi, yeah. Cal is very small, Mike. He is very small. He is very charming in a way, but we'll see how this kind of goes with him. He's it felt like it was a very impromptu thing. And he was the ones like when people were asking, like, okay, after the Hashi sewer next up, it was gonna be him and it was gonna be Hayakawa and Takuma Fujiwara, which is gonna really like as someone who has a uh, who has a speech impediment, that's gonna be really hard for me to be doing once a <laughs> week, going Hayakawa, Fujikawa, Takumi, Takuma. So I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I have been feeling like an idiot for struggling with those names. I thought it was just a me thing, but no, they're incredibly hard to say back to back. Yeah, no. As someone who has has gone through various forms of speech therapy before for a stutter, that's just going to be it. I'm just warning everyone in advance. I apologize if 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 either of those guys listen to this show for whatever reason. I apologize. That's on me, not on y'all. But uh, other stuff on Fukuoka case. Uh, just kind of, you know, uh, we did have a appearance from a dear friend of ours on uh, Fukuoka as Gorkin Mask and his new best friend and my new main man, Shura Joe, showed up. And Shuri Joe. And they are doing this angle with Kaido Ishida. Apparently, Ishida's been invading Riku Dragon shows. And uh, Gorkin Mask is not going to stand for it. They, have an, they had a match on the main on the evening show, Shuri Joe and Gurken Mask versus Kaito Ishida and SB Kento. And I, I gotta tell you, the more we can bring Gurken Mask and his friends in on these kind of shows, it gives me the life I need to get through Fukuoka shows, you know? Yeah, I I really like this, admittedly, and I and I mean this in a in a sincere way. I'm unfortunately behind on Ryuku Dragon Pro shows right now. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> 
oh, what am I doing with my life? I haven't seen any of the stuff that Ashita's done there, but I, look, I thought Ashita in Garukin Mask and in our boy uh, what Sh- Shuri Joe and Ashita, I thought they both had excellent chemistry. So I'm into this. I'm obviously into any Garukin Mask that comes our way. This was much needed life because this was originally supposed to be SB Kento and Ishida versus Maria and Punch Tamanaga. And it's amazing. You know, the Don of Okinawa shows up and suddenly Punch and Maria are working a dark match. I like the way that worked. And, and, and Shuri Joe just has a, he, he, uh, just to say, he looks insane. He has like a Kendokashin like half mask. He has his hair. He's wearing like full leggings and then split like tights like Naoki Tanizaki and Barefoot. It rules. It is exactly the kind of imagery that i want to see out of Riku dragon you would hope and, and we talked a little bit about this last week i i want to make a brief sidebar into osaka pro here but you would hope that garukin mask and shuri joe given their size and their their freelance nature that they would be two guys that wind up working there quite a bit because i i i think they are both incredibly not incredibly talented but they're they're good enough to work osaka pro shows i really like them well uh Garuka Mask was trained and was an original Osaka Pro guy from he because he defected with uh, Delphin to Okinawa Pro, so like yes, he has history right. there. And so, I'm looking at at uh, Shuri Joe's cage match right now. He worked one Osaka Pro show in 2018, teaming yeah. with Garuka Mask. So there's there's smoke to that fire. While we're in the Osaka Pro ballpark, I, I promise I won't go off another huge tangent, but. <laughs> The listeners of this show would care about this. So I'm, I'll mention it here. It was October 17th. Uh, DDT did one of their Osaka produce shows that they do every year, which is undoubtedly the best thing DDT does every single year. They book like a borderline Osaka pro show with some DDT guys. It's o- Osaka pro plus Junakiyama. These shows are always very fun. There were two matches there that I would recommend. One, you probably saw clips going around of Akiyama and Yosuke Okuda versus the former Black Buffalo and Magnitude Kishiwata, where Akiyama snaps and beats the shit out of Black Buffalo in the middle of that match. Legitimately good match with an added Akiyama shoot kicking somebody's ass, which makes it even better. And then there's a six-man on that show, and it's Hubbo, Somatikao, and Subasa against Mao Shun. Katsumata and Billy Kinkid. It is a 13-minute trios match. It is just full of hot Lucharesu action. If that match is something that the new Osaka Pro can bring to our lives, two thumbs up. Both of those matches are worth sitting down and going out of your way to see. You, you see, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about what else has Gurukin Mask been up to, and he's been doing hardcore matches and, <laughs> and uh, Riku Dragon. This guy just... He is on another level, and yeah, like combining like that part of the because that's the Mitsui produce stuff in Osaka when they when DDT runs there, right? It's their it's a referee that I think was an Osaka Pro guy at one point. I, I believe so. That sounds right. Yeah, so it lines up with that, and maybe I I want to see hardcore legend Garukin Mask now after seeing that game. <laughs> after saying that uh but yeah no the, it, it provided a lot of life to the, this uh to this fukuoka show having just like this interjection here we had that before with kyushu pro so having riku dragon out here for that helped out a whole lot as well uh 
were there any other like big like takeaways you really had coming out of these Fukuoka shows? I mean, to be honest, it felt like a pretty standard uh, Fukuoka doubleheader. I mean, nothing outstanding, nothing outright bad. We got another future match with Shoya, Sato, and Rio Fuda. That was beefy boys going at it, and that was kind of it for these two shows. If there was one thing, well, I'll give you two match recommendations. If you're if you're desperate for something to fill the void between now and Gate of Destiny, the evening show, watch Doi and Hayakawa against Don Fuji and Jackie Funky Kamei, and then watch the Ahashi brothers against uh, Susumu Yokosuka and King Shimizu. I thought both of those, and while you're there, you might as well watch the Garuk and Mask match as well. So matches two through four on the evening show. I thought were were fun matches. None of them great, but all satisfying to some degree. Yeah. Uh, Ishinahashi and uh, King Shimizu were a lot of fun in that tag match. Like, that, that's something I should have seen coming. Ishin's a little bit of a stockier guy going against the King of Kings, but that was a whole lot of fun. And then, as I said before, when we were talking about Hayakawa, very specific energy that Don Fuji and jackie funky kamei have as a tag team and it kind of works in a lot of ways fuji paintbrushed kamei and they were teaming with one another imagine what he did to a rookie yeah especially one that is uh seven a half foot i'd say half foot shorter than him yeah so He's so small he is so and i'm not making fun of his size no. it's just jarring this is a promotion full of small guys and he is so small I mean, when it looked like that he was, like, went up to Kamei's nose, that was when I was like, oh, okay, he is actually really that small. Like, it, like in his in his first match, I was like, all right, you know, I knew he was on the smaller type, but him with another shorter person kind of puts things in perspective. I still, I, it, it's still really, you know, early days with him. I think that he has shown enough stuff between Future and these matches that at least entering should come together it's just going to be tough though it's going to be tough for him good good worker though i liked what i saw i just i it's hard for me to get excited about him because i don't really see star potential there but maybe he proves us wrong i mean he'll have a huge opportunity at gate of destiny to do just that yeah so let's get into gate of destiny this is on the third it's on wednesday there will be english commentary it is 1730 japanese standard time I think we're getting uh, daylight savings soon or sometimes after that, so I'll be able to remember the time zones, right? Just, just the, 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 There's time zone converters. You have things on your phone that could tell you those sort of things. Chris Samsa probably can tell you what that is because I know he tweets like all the nice like time zone lineups for New Japan shows. I'm not good at that kind of stuff here. Uh, as, as we mentioned, there's seven matches, three title matches. We have a another great battle royal brought to us by our friends at the Lek corporation for clean pa toilet wipes and they do not have an official thing put out in english of match order there is one that is listed on the gayor site so we're going to be using that at least to start the preview here we we've already kind of talked about the main event the open the Dreamgate tile match uh it is uh, Yamato making a second defense against uh, BB Hulk. Do you have any other big takes about that match before we start talking about other things? Or did you want to anything you wanted to hammer home? Well, you know, th- this rain, I guess not this rain, this build, I've been ve- I think I've been very fair to it. Where again, I, I personally would not be building to a BB Hulk match, but every step along the way has made sense. And more importantly, 
BB Hulk has been moving around pretty well. And then we got to Fukuoka, and I don't know if you picked this up or not, but I thought he was a walking disaster, especially on that afternoon show. That was not the yeah. performance I needed to see going into this match. If this was, if this happened in Cork and then he was able to build from this and, and end on a hot note in Fukuoka, I wouldn't be as concerned. But man, he took a few steps back here. And it once again, I kind of settled in with this match. But it's going to be what it is. Hulk will be fine, whatever. And boy, he had a bad night in Fukuoka. And it makes me very, very nervous for this match now. Yeah, if they would have like flipped around when the Kobe double shot happened last week and these uh, Fukuoka double headers that happened on Sunday, I would be feeling a lot more confident because you had Hulk on the Kobe double header show up as Killer Hulk for for the uh, second show there and then also on the show and i i feel i'm trying to be very fair about bb hulk someone that i don't think should be in this put in this position whatsoever he had issues getting off his hoodie did you notice that like that was like <laughs> kind of depressing that that specific spot i did not notice but he had a bunch of issues on that afternoon show is there any chance is there any chance at all that we leave Osaka and BB Hulk is open the Dreamgate champion. Okay, I'm gonna toss injury out of here because that's always my response whenever yes, you ask. Of course, me he this. can't. I... He can't. You can't have a Kota Ibushi situation, which, by the way, was the BB Hulk situation first. Okay, Hulk hurt himself on a Phoenix Splash before Kota Ibushi did. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this, unless they're doing like a huge like heel unit shakeup to end a big show. Like, unless that's happening, and unless, like, this is just R.E.D. shenanigans or future heel unit shenanigans just up and down, 1%, like, it just makes no sense. I think 1% is arguably too high. At least I hope so. That 1% is my theory of just heal Armageddon, basically. <laughs> you you would have to. I, I think if Hulk is going to win, you essentially have to recreate the Nexus debut angle. It has to be that level of chaos to justify BB Hulk winning, and I don't see that happening. So I, I think Yamato is retaining, and who knows where he goes from here. Takashi Yoshida, you are headlining Gate of Origin this year, probably. I mean, arguably, that's probably about the title match that gate of origin would deserve to be quite honest <laughs> i don't know what sendai did to you you always have such a negative attitude about gate of origin it's always a fine show it's just it's never in a convenient time it always feels like it's <laughs> slammed <is> together <laughs> uh i don't know if uh, senjo is even helping out this year because meko satamora basically handed over the company so i just it, it, it's a building that that's always cold I'm just not a big... I, I would love for them to have a big show in Sendai and for it to be great and then now have big six shows, but I just... Gate of Origin is just... It, it, it's a personal inconvenience that Gate of Origin happens when it does. Why not have it in February? You know? Well, they move, it, they move it around always and it seems like it, it continues to fall at the worst possible time. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I feel like that's going to be our main event at Gate of Origin 2021 there, but... Yeah, it's going to have to be like a Nexus-like thing, and Dragon Gate referees will allow a lot of stuff to go by, but that kind of thing has to have beating up a referee, and that match will get thrown out immediately at that point. That's like the one referee rule is don't touch the refs in Dragon Gate. Do you, do so. you think it's a match full of shenanigans, or do you think they work it pretty straight? 
You see, again, if they would have flip-flopped Kobe and Fukuoka, I would say this could be a straight Killer Hulk versus uh, Yamato title match, and I think that would be very interesting. Now, I don't know. I can't tell. I don't have a good beat on that. I, I would think so, but i just wondering what kind of smoke and mirrors for a 20-minute plutch BB Hulk match in 2021 you're going to need. Well, I'll ask you this. 19 minutes, 30 seconds. That's the over-under. Are you taking the over or the under? Over. Over. I'm going to take the under. I, I think this is going to be a sub-20-minute match. I don't see a way unless there is an extended, and even for, I mean, I'm talking even for Dragon Gate standards, an extended RED versus high-end train run-in chaos spot. I don't see this going over 20 minutes. Yeah, no, and that's like best case scenario in my, at least for my personal tastes, at least. Uh, uh, should we just work from the the top down from there? Yes, absolutely. All right, the next match, as presented to us by Amazon Prime Video, Dragon Gate, powered by the Lek Corporation, is the Open the Twin Gate title match. It is the Natural Vibes champion team of uh, Susumi Yokosuka and King Shimizu versus the invading pro wrestling Noah Congo team of Kano and Hao. And maybe Kenzo Suzuki as as manager. We don't know. He has popped up since then. And I think this has your clubhouse favorite of being matched the night, right? Yeah, I'm really into this. I, I'm sure it's a dividing dividing line among Dragon Gate fans, among Noah fans. It, it seems like a match that is going to satisfy a lot of people and make a lot of people angry, but I am into it. I think Kano versus Susumu is something that is going to really demonstrate how elite both of those guys are. I have no doubt that both Kano and Hayo can work this style and that they can do it incredibly well. And Shimizu is a real X factor here. I, I think I think this is going to be a match that plays into all four guys' strengths. And for me, easily my most anticipated match of the night and what I think should be the best match of the night. I, I think you really hit on something when you talked about the Congos teams, like like they have the basis here, because Kano, of course, is originally from Michinoku Pro. So again, uh, Lutras Tree, just a different branch of it right there, actually a branch a lot closer to uh, Dragon Gate than not. And and then when you look at like how how is someone that he started in Kaintai Dojo. So you have two guys who at least have like a rooting there. And oh, yeah, he also worked for El Dorado case. So there's no reason why that these four guys shouldn't have, like, I wouldn't say instant chemistry because we don't know that, but there's at least a basis there to have an excellent match. I am really excited about the idea of King Shimizu versus Kano, to be quite honest. I think that's going to be something where, like, the, where, where Kano, the, the big no-fun police guy, is just going to have a whole lot of fun with that. You know, I think it's going to be... This is something that has a at least to my expectations, really high floor here. Like this is a match that, like you said, if we get four stars out of Yamato and BB Hulk, that would be satisfying to overachieving. Four stars is probably would be a little bit underwhelming in my opinion. And it'll be interesting. I, I have noticed though, a lot more discourse about another Dragon Gate versus Noah match that'll be happening this week than this one. But this is, this is really fascinating. So this is for the Twin Gate belts. Unless I'm forgetting something major, there's no precedent of the Twin Gate belts going to wrestlers outside of this promotion. Is that correct? The last time, I mean, Gato and Jeddo, or Gato and Jado, they got it as uh, when it was the IJ belts, right? 
like when they were in Dragon Gate. Briefly. It was it was pre- I was right before the Twin Gates became a thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was IJ. It was the IJ. So that's the closest uh, comparison, really. So really, with the Twin Gate, it's just one of those things that uh, has not had really many. Like, like I'm right now just doing a scroll down just to verify this. Uh, they have had outsiders and freelance challenge before, but I can't remember. And I'm looking, and there's not been an outsider Twin Gate champion team ever. Do we think that changes here? If if we weren't getting the GHC Junior Tag Team match, I would say no, it does not change here with a hundred percent certainty. Now, I don't know. It's interesting. I think that there's a legitimate chance there. I think that it's much better chance of Congo leaving uh, Osaka Edeon one as open the Twin Gate champions than BB Hulk leaving Dreamgate champion. I think that's fair to say. But I still think that maybe it's something that, and maybe this is me wish casting. This is this fails for Kenzo Suzuki, so he has to go find another tag team that he wants to have attack natural vibes like that. That's kind of what I'm expecting. Is that that they don't succeed, but then we might get some more Kenzo managing people and just being very, very oblivious. I do hope we have not seen the last of Kenzo Suzuki. He should pop up and slap Genki Horiguchi in the face about every four months or so. I think that would be a very nice, uh, very nice thing for him to do. I... Between the, the two Noah versus Drangate matches coming up, I think this is the match where the titles are least likely to change hands. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, should we just talk about this here? Just because everything's it. here. So announced last week and was confirmed was the JC Junior Tag Team Champions of Nasao Rongai and Eita representing Paris Del Mal de Japon will be defending against the Masquerade Tag Team former Open the Twin Gate Champion team of Kota Minora and Jason Lee on Friday, uh, November 5th. And interesting response for this match in comparison to this Twin Gate match, I would say. Please explain. So the, the biggest piece of discourse I've seen from Native fans are, is this going to be under GHC rules or is this going to be under Dragon Gate rules? Not understanding if there's going to be a, if there's going to be tag rules, basically. If it's going to be Lucha tags where you just have to cross the plane and hit the floor or if you want to like hold the tag rope, like there's some of that. And I wouldn't say there's any kind of backlash there, but there's a lot of going like, Oh, how is it going to be with Ata of Paris del mall versus with the rest of red? So like, this is something that I've noticed at least when I was like searching for this, that it does seem like on social media a little bit with native fans that they are kind of seeing this maybe as like the start of further red dissension. The fact that Ada is doing this as noah and not leading red have you seen any of Ata and noah yet i saw the gac junior tag uh tile switch i enjoyed it okay yeah Ata's being put over really really strong in noah to a very enjoyable degree i like the work that he's doing there it you know i i obviously run very hot and cold with Ata. anybody that listens to the show knows that he feels very fresh in noah i i like the work he's doing there I think there's a chance, just given what we've seen from history with Yoshino and Doi winning the GHC Junior Tag Belts from Kotaro Suzuki and Ricky Marvin in 2007, and they would go on to lose those belts actually to BB Hulk and Shingo, who would then lose them back to Kenta and Taiji Ishimori in a legendary GHC Junior Heavyweight title match. 
it would not shock me if Liam Menorah would. I don't think they're the favorites, but I think it's about 60-40 there. Yeah, I would say that that would make sense. And it's something that I mean with, as we've talked about, like Dragon Gate and Noah, it makes sense to have Dragon Gate people on the shows trying to expand Noah's uh, marketing reach for lack of better words. So it'll be interesting. And it just was very, it was something that when I saw like that response and the first thing being, what are going to be the tag rules? And, and then number two being, how is RED going to react to that? Kind of was one of those things that it, it did, the way that it was like stated was not necessarily in a positive way, I would say, but it's, it's fascinating. It's something that I'm really interested to see where this goes for, at least with Ata and, and to see if they find a way to kind of weave this into the overall story like what happens if like he gets ejected from red now then he just goes hangs out in noah for a couple months and comes back as a baby face like it's something that i could say is not outside the realm of possibility it's a very interesting match i think it's very intentionally put here i expect something to come from this match if not on this show then at some point within the the near future i'm also just given what how we talked about nozawa a few weeks ago i think that was two weeks ago that we really broke down this relationship and why nozawa is such an important person to be in charge of noah right now this might sound dumb but shaking hands nozawa backstage this is a guy who i i'm just very intrigued by him right now he is in a in a strange way one of those powerful men in professional wrestling and i think there's a lot of mileage out of this noah dragon gate relationship or at least I hope there is, because I've constantly complained about the Noah Jr. division. I think there's talent there, but I think they are booked into oblivion. And perhaps having some of that Dragon Gate prestige uh, bestowed upon them would help that division out. I obviously want to see Jason Lee and Noah, because I think he would work circles around that roster. And I think more people would finally pay attention to not only that he's good, but that he's one of the best juniors. I, I think he is the best junior in Japan. And that includes shorts wearing Hiromo. I, I, let's... Let's see a good Hiromu match again before we officially crown that guy the best junior in Japan. Right now, I think it's Jason Lee. And I, I hope that this match, you know, the, the tag team title match at Gate of Destiny and then the junior tag team title match at the Cork and Hall show, I hope it's just the first of many things to come. Yeah, and it's something that, like, I just like the the way that this could really operate for both companies. And it's something that... It, I think could really play off for both of them. And it's just something that like looking at this and like looking at who, how things are going in Noah and how like people that they could send to Dragon Gate and have, have them in and Dragon Gate ring and then send people back there. It just seems like a natural relationship. The more that like in the weeks past our conversation about that and my crazy theory, <laughs> though, the more I'm like, no, this is actually like, yeah, a lot of people are mad at Nasawa for how he traded Kaido Kiyomiya, but the logic here is not, is not out of whack. He's pretty sound about this here. I, I like it a whole lot. Uh, any more uh, tag title thoughts on those two matches before we move on to the other championship match at Gate of Destiny? Let's talk about the Open the Triangle Gate Championship. That is right. This is the RED Open the Triangle Gate Champion team of Eita, Kaido Ishida, and Hio versus the high-end challenger team of Dragon Kid, Benkei, and Kagatora. As we mentioned earlier, Kiske Kudo was originally in this match, and he had the knee injury on Saturday. And then on the Sunday evening show, uh, Kakatora got a direct fall with Agura Makakari on Hio, which further kind of was like, all right, he's subbing in now. And that set up this here. And does this is this the match that you would most expect a title change here? Because it does kind of feel like a way 
for how red is going right now that would make sense for them to have like some hio fuck up that leads the that high end takes championships at this point that is a convincing argument. I I was trying to figure out a way because I think this RED team is so much stronger on paper than the Kagatora substitute high end team. I I think Yamato versus Ata has to be done at some point. They they headlined King of Gate last year. They had a King of Gate match I think in 2017, and then another singles match right after Ata came back to Japan in 2013. So that's a really fresh match. And it seems like now is the time to do that, probably at Final Gate. Like I said earlier, that's obviously a match big enough for that building. I, mm, man, you you stumped me there because I, I really, up until you said Hyo costing eight of the match some way, I thought this was going to be R.E.D. retaining, but I can't argue that logic. I, I think now we're going to get new champions here. It, it's something that, like, yeah, of course, they plug in Kagator here, part of the same unit. You know, that's why you need to have unit more than four people. If you have units more less than four people, that's when we have big problems. And I just, it, it's just something that, like, maybe it is if I did not see, like, the tweets about Ata being Peros del Mall versus R.E.D., you know? Like, that kind of now really has my radar, which was already... Maybe a maybe a radar towards Red falling apart over the last like six months has been a little high, but I would say that like, there's just too many things happening at this point for me not to acknowledge that as an opportunity of happening. I don't know. I was a little let down by the Red versus high end matches leading up to this. So this is a match that could overachieve, or it very well could just you know be a shenanigan fest like there's a match on the show that's gonna be shenanigan fest it's probably this one unless uh inferno and mass die again i'm trying to think of a more uninspired triangle gate team than bin k dragon kid and kagator at this point in their career that does not light my world on fire at all hey gives kagator something to sink his teeth into so we get that problem out of the way we've already always seen that this year he does it once a year we already saw it i don't need him to i, I need him to go back down on the card i don't need him to sink his teeth into anything again I oh boy I oh I don't like that team at all I again I had in my mind they were just gonna lose and move on but I think they're gonna win that match and I I don't like that team I'm sorry that I spoke this into existence I don't so, like uh, high end high I'm I'm re- high end sucks I'm ready to say it the, the more I think about it yeah. during the show I don't like this unit at all it it has a lot of the same problems as Tri Vanguard including it's the same unit it's the same unit with I guess. Who would I mean? Sub Hulk out for a Dragon Kid. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say, is is the Dragon Kid or is the Hulk of this unit Ben K or Dragon Kid? But it's it's probably Dragon Kid. I don't man. This I there's just no life to this unit. They're terrible. Yeah, and you can even make the fun weed jokes to it. Like that's the problem. We already have a good weed unit. Like like we didn't need one that was going to have a theme called high and higher. You know, like come on. Yeah, because I mean, natural vibes is a retread, and I completely understand whatever argument you want to make about you know KZ should be moving past this or KZ is better than this or whatever. But KZ is ultimately the least interesting part of that unit right now. There's so many little things going on in natural vibes that I find to be fascinating. Masquerade. Boy, when I when I make that list of the definitive Drangate units of all time, I think I'm going to be very friendly towards Masquerade. I love the work that they do. I love that they feel like a unit. Their multi-man matches feel like a cohesive team working together to win a match for the greater good. 
RED, it depends what combination you're getting, but they've, you know, largely been inoffensive, if not very good at times. There's nothing to high end. That's just a collection of guys. And they kind of came together like a collection of guys, too. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's very frustrating. And it's something that, like, I look at this uh, tr- challenge team, really, and, like, <sighs> Dragon Kid, like, Dragon Kid's fantastic. Like, I mean, especially at this age. Benkei, well, I mean, when Benkei is great entering, you just, he's Benkei at this point. And Kagatora, it's just one of those things, that, like, you look the three together and you're like, this a champion team doesn't make much sense to me. Whereas you look at like even the RED team, you have Ata, you have his nominal number two and Kaido Shida, and then you have the big brain and, and, and it works. And you look at high end and even even if it was like Dragon Kid and Bensuke, at least then you'd have like, okay, we have like the tag team. We have like the, we have like the Swarm Brothers and Dragon Kid along for the ride. That's great because Dragon Kid does the flying and then you have the other two guys who are doing this. And then I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's something where, though, that, like, Kaido Ishida has solid chemistry with all three of these guys, so I'm not too worried there. Hyo, you know I mean? Hyo is Hyo. And then Eita and Dragon Kid just don't have it really working. Uh, Eita and Benkei, they work pretty well together. So, like, this is a match that, like, on paper, I guess we're talking ourselves down about it, but looking at the combinations in this match, it, it, it does have a chance to over-deliver. Oh, I mean, it'll be a match full of shenanigans. I expect it to. I'm, I'm hoping they get them all out of the way here so the Dreamgate match is pretty clean because even with Hulk's limitations, I still want a, a pretty prim and proper Dreamgate match. And I think we'll get that. But I, I have no doubt the match will be fine. I just, I'm so bummed out by the, the possible outcome of that match. You really, you really put something in my mind there. I don't want to watch Dragon Kid, Kagator, and Ben K defend the belts against anybody. Yeah, you know, sadly, you know, I, I put things out in the universe and sometimes they're very good things. Sometimes they're very bad. I can't control it. I just say things and sometimes they happen. <laughs> that was that was very cult leader of you, Mike. That was some <laughs> David Koresh Branch Davidian level statement. I just I put stuff out of the universe. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, OK. All right. I'll <laughs> go into your compound. Hey, right now, what? Well, well, I, I I have some yard issues going on at the compound right now, Case. I wouldn't what, want. What I wouldn't want that? to have. What are you having trouble burying a body? Is that your yard issue? No, no. Pudge's uh, parasite. I might have to like bleach the lawn and like do crazy stuff to make sure the parasite stays dead. Basically, I have lawn stuff I, going on here. I I don't. I look. I know I sound like an awful person. I don't understand how you put so much effort into this animal. I just I don't get it. But I, I, you're a better person than me. You say that less than 30 seconds after you're calling me a cult leader. So you, hey, there, you have... hey, there have been some noble cult leaders. Not all cult leaders are bad, Mike. Okay. Not let's, all not, let's not make any generalizations here, okay? I don't know who's listening. All right. <laughs> uh, 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 looking at the non-title matches on the show, we have listed as four... Masquerade versus high, uh, not high end. I have high end on the brain. Masquerade versus Red. Thank God. Uh, Shun Skywalker, Kota Minor, Dragon Dia, and La Estrella versus SB Kanto, Kai Diamante, and Dia and Daya Inferno. And the, all the stars are here really to set up for a really great Atomicos match. Yeah, I really hope we get a clean finish here. I don't want to see a mass grip DQ. I don't want to see a referee attack DQ. 
it's a big show. Give these guys 10 minutes, let them go nuts because this, this should be a great match. And if this match delivers, I think I'm going to be able to forgive perhaps the shenanigans of the triangle gate match. If that match isn't great or the dream gate match, if it's underwhelming, if this match is what it should be given the names on paper. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to guess not pulling up a cage match that they've ran this match. And then if I look in my notebook, I probably was at least three and a half stars on it. So there's just a lot of stuff here to like, I would say Kai works well with Shun Skywalker and Kota Minora. I mean, like those two can really bring out kind of the best of Kai at this point. SP Kento, like, I mean, come on at this point, it, it, it's exciting to see the kind of uh, steps forwards he will make here. La Estrella has, uh, Inferno and Diamante to play Jungle Gym off of Dragon Dia. And to a degree, and to a degree, SB Kento. Not that I, I, pra- I, I praise him enough already, but their chemistry in that all-out war really impressed me. SB Kento is a, a, a phenomenal base given his size. I mean, he, I mean, he's a sturdy lad. What can we say? He's sturdy. And That's, yes. And, and Dragon Dia, I mean, at this point, I mean, he's going to get thrown into the air very high, and he's going to come down splat, and it's going to be awesome. And everyone in, in this match, with the exception of Kai, I have seen great matches with him against. So on paper, as you were saying, like this is a match where like we have higher expectations for because I believe that they can happen. The downside is we've had Shun and Diamante and they've been doing a prolonged storyline that's not necessarily have had clean finishes. They've worked like Shun Skywalker's knee as a part of it. And then we have uh, Dragon uh, Daya and Daya Inferno, who will be two days away from their build final encounter match at Cork and Hall. So kind of like the, that's the thing about why I bring up mass scripts, because it does not feel like this is the definitive end. And it feels like that this is a step along the way to the possible finish line on next Friday. They've been doing the the roll-up finishes lately where Dai has been catching Diane Inferno by surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the route they go again here. Yeah, and they did it. They, they did something that I thought was pretty smart in Fukuoka where it was the, he caught him in a Hurricanrana hold for the, the win on the afternoon show. And then in the evening show, Inferno rolled through that, which I thought was really kind of smart there. So yeah, I, I think you're dead on about that there. Match three, we get the oldest men and the youngest men, or at least the least experienced men, as Ultimo Dragon is returning to team with the Ahashi brothers, Riki and Ishin, versus Masaki Mochizuki, Yazushi Kanda, and Takumi Hayakawa making his big show debut. I find this match to be fascinating because it, all eyes to me are on Hayakawa. I'm curious to see who he spends the most time in the ring with because if it's you know ricky or ishan and it's you know specifically one of those two i think that says a lot about where the ahashi brothers are in their progress who they might trust more i'm so curious to see if he gets ring time with ultimo and what ultimo was willing to do with him is this just one where he gets the shit kicked out of him does he grapple with ultimo I have no idea what that looks like. I have no idea what this match looks like. I know it's the first time that we're seeing Mochizuki versus the Yahashi brothers. He tweeted out that he was excited about that, but I, I am, I'm very excited for this outside of the, the twin gate match. This is the match I'm most excited about because there are so many different possibilities. 
Yeah, and the fact that it is uh, the Ahashis with Ultimo versus uh, former M2K and Hayakawa means that one of these, uh, or some of these class of 2021 uh, wrestlers will be getting their first win here, which is something that I think is pretty much makes the match, con- the, the side that wins a foregone conclusion in my mind. It's not going to be Takumi Hayakawa getting a win in his third televised match. It's not going to happen well, well, there. L- 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 let me throw it to you this way. Who pins Hayakawa? Is it Ultimo or is it one of the Ahashi brothers? I mean, Ultimo would have to do the La Magistral and... Yeah. It's like doing a lot of my straw to a pillow. I just don't know physically how that happens. I I, I was going to make that joke. I'm I'm glad I served that to you over the plate, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the same time, like, we don't really have a tendency to know, like, for the Hashi brothers, what their finish would be, other than the fact that they do the uh, double octopus stretch, but they're not going to do that on Hayakawa. I think it's got to be Ultimo La Maestral uh, Hayakawa. Like it's unless like suddenly like Riki Ohashi like has like a crazy like brain buster he pulls out anywhere or Ishin being the the bulky brother like has like a good lariat and now he's like the power junior of the class like it has to be Ultimo. I am in complete agreement with you. I was hoping you would throw some love the Ohashi brothers way, but no, you're right. This is ending with Ultimo pinning Hayakawa as it should. Yeah, but it's it's gonna be fascinating. Like just the fact of Hayakawa against his classmates against Ultimo. Ultimo, who this I don't think he's been on his show since uh, uh, Danger Skate. I think he's been doing Ultimo things lately. So he's been he's yeah. been hanging out in Mexico with Ric Flair and Kevin Nash and a bunch of other just dudes. It's been it's been an Ultimo Dragon Bros trip. I mean, what's better than this? Guys being dudes, I guess. I mean. I have to say, I would love to like have a glass of wine with Ultimo Dragon and Kevin Nash. Like that sounds great. Oh, that sounds God, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Ultimo and Jeff Jarrett. That was the other guy he was with. Two guys okay. that always land on their feet. I mean, hey, yeah, you know, I'm what? taking a I'm taking a business masterclass from Ultimo and Jeff Jarrett. I <laughs> I want to know how to put in as little effort as possible and make a shit ton of money. That's what I want from those guys. By the way, uh, Ultimo's Twitter is the only Twitter I've come across that's been updated least less recently than George Zimmer. His last tweet, 2016. You have to go to Instagram if you want the good stuff from Ultimo. He's got a. That's why he's so happy. He's got a clear mind. He's not on Twitter anymore. I mean, you just like look at this guy. Just look at this guy. He's just taking a minute with Ultimo here, and he's just living the best life. Uh, he's hanging out with agave plants and, and, and tagging president keto and saying, look what I'm doing right now. Like <laughs> what a dude, what a dude at, at Ultimo dragon underscore official with one F it's worth a follow there, but the clean puh bow Royal, uh, the winner I'm assuming if past is any presence here wins a year supply of toilet cleaning wipes. And you have to know if there's going to be a match of what cleaning lights in it, Case, who's going to be a part of it? Ho-Ho Loon. Exactly. Ho-Ho Loon has another chance to win a year supply of clean wipes as he will be in a nine-person battle royal with Jason Lee, Strong Machine J, Yosuke Samaria, Punch Tomonaga, Problem Dragon, Sachioko Boy, Konamaui Chikawa, and Super Shisa. Here's, here's what I'm afraid of. Let me start with my fears. 
I think Jason Lee's going to win this match. I hope Jason Lee is going to parlay this into an open the Brave Gate title shot against SB Kento. My fear is that it's going to come down to Jason Lee and Ho-Ho Loon, and Ho-Ho Loon is going to shoot on Jason Lee to win this match. I am. I, it's. I can't rule it Why out of my mind. It's a distinct, distinct possibility, given how this man acted at Speed Star Final when he found out the prize <laughs> for this match. We look. We need to have a diligent referee on hand to make sure things don't go out of control. Yeah, th- this can't be uh, Takayuki Yagi here. And it probably should not be Mr. Nakazawa either. L- l- like, let's it needs get to be a Japanese Sato. police officer. It needs to be someone <laughs> that can enforce laws. I- I- I'm looking to see what, what Duke Sato does in his spare time because that's what we're going to be relying on him. I think that's fair to say. Like, we'll be relying on him in case. Why are you to say that a shoot fight over toilet wipes won't be awesome? <laughs> That's, they do the fry Takayama spot, but it's just for toilet wipes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining just like getting the shoulder up. That's how the match open. It should open with Homo and Jason doing Fry Takayama in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I mean, that's it has to end that way. Uh, Ho-Ho's going to get his shoulder up at two. It's never going to... He's going to make sure his shoulders do not stay down for three at any time here. <laughs> gotta pit him like it's an amateur wrestling match. <laughs> gotta force his shoulders down. I, I mean, you, you gotta really put him in a good hook or throw him over the top rope because this man's not going to be pinned. <laughs> I, I, I mean, hope Jason Lee wins. I, I hope I look, I, I love the guy. I think he's the best junior in all of Japan. He deserves free toilet wipes for a year. What he needs to do is pull Chisa aside and say, hey, uh, you know, like one of your Yave uh, European style holds you like so much. Uh, here is a uh, uh, here is a, a uh, I'm trying to think like, let me see. Here is a hundred bucks in in Japanese yen. I don't know that I don't know if there's a ten thousand yen bill. I'm assuming there is. Here's ten thousand yen. Shoot on Ho Ho Loon. I'm winning this match. I, I wouldn't mind if Shiso won either. That man is a a hard worker. He's a he's a cat dad. He he deserves yeah. a win here. And, and you know he's so busy with his cats and you know training and watching wrestling. You know, make it easier for him to clean the toilet. You know. Honest to God, my third most anticipated match on the show. I can't wait to see what happens here. I, I'm legitimately excited about it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what my number three most anticipated match on the show is, and that's the opener as Natural Vibes, KZ, Ginky Horiguchi, UT, Jackie Funky Kame versus Don Fuji, Naruki Doi, Gamma, and Takashi Yoshida. I think this match could be a whole lot of fun, case. Like, this is just like... You have like the malcontents on one side. You have the people who are just there for a good time. Ginky has been feeling himself lately. Like he has been phenomenal, hilarious. And, you know, Kame is going to go pow, pow, pow to Gamma, and Gamma is not going to know what to do with it. Look, Kame's on a hot streak right now. I think if you care about this promotion at all, he's pretty much in must watch territory for everything he's doing, and this match should be no different. So I, I, I like that there. I hope Kame gets a pin. I think real. What, what, is it realistic to say Kame could pin Gamma at this point in his career? Gamma, Problem Dragon, not Problem Dragon, sorry. Uh, Don Fuji, I don't know why Problem Dragon was on my brain right there. That's weird. And Cyber Kong, he could jackie knife. 
and I would not say that it's outside their own possibility. This is a guy who was main eventing for a Bravegate match less than two weeks before this match. Naruki Doi is the only person that he cannot win. He cannot get a flash pin on. But the other three, fair game. Gamma, he might be able to Torbalina Crucifix, too. I would be a little bummed if Kamei's the guy pinned in this match. I would like to see that winning streak continue. I would like to see him stay hot. I, I hope they don't pin him here. I mean, Ginky has been acting as the fall post for Natural Vibes yeah. slowly over the last month. So he shouldn't be the one taking the pin to... Regardless, I mean, Ginky Horiguchi on one of the Fukuoka shows, they did the rubber band shot. It popped him in the crowd. He sold it for five minutes and then got in the ring and took a finish and lost. Like, Ginky's the lost post now. I I think that's good. I I think he's at that point in his career. I I think as highly of Horiguchi as anybody. But when it comes to this unit, I think UT and Kamei are at the very least i think should be positioned above him in meaningless matches like this so i yeah i i think natural vibes will win just given the fact that they're a unit they've got casey on their side but i i, I understand the the urge perhaps to have casey pick up the win here but i think it'd be far more interesting to me if kamei won yeah and you know for someone like kamei it's getting these wins right now especially well now that he's going to be compared to sb Kamenta sp kento the remainder of his career like he should be picking up these wins now to keep up pace you know and you look at the other side and other than like the obvious question mark in naruki doi these are people who usually don't win matches that often or on losing sides a lot or beating up rookies so kamei should win this opener and if it's anything other than kamei winning or like kz just like clocking everyone and just winning because he's kz then this match would be a let down in my mind very well put. And that is the card for the Leck Corporation cleanup presenting the Gate Destiny 2021. It is on November 3rd on Wednesday, 17.30 local time, English and Japanese, a commentary full production at DragonGate.live. Two days after that will be the Cork and Hall stop for November on Friday the 5th. Let me see if I could pull up a show time for that it will have uh english commentary as all tokyo area shows do i do not see a start time for that uh 1830 jst if you can convert right. that you would be doing me a big favor yeah that's that's 6 30 japanese air time uh let me see if i could i'll pull this up for you right now case just because i'm feeling it right now time zone converter all right so they are right now uh, 11 ma- eleven hours ahead of us. No, they're 13 hours ahead of us. So 16, so 18.30 would be 6.30. That would be 5.30 Eastern. <laughs> you you made this way too complicated, Mike. Mike, the show starts at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, okay? That's, yeah. and I don't know why you had to make that so hard. I, that's a story of my life, making my life more difficult for me. Daylight savings time is on the 7th, so you don't have to worry about that here. Thank God there's not a show that falls on that Sunday. Most years, Gate of Destiny falls on the Sunday when daylight savings time flips, and it's always the most confusing thing. I never remember what we're supposed to do there. We <laughs> don't have to worry about it this year. Instead, we just have an incredibly inconvenient Wednesday pay-per-view to deal with. Yeah, we, it's with how their schedule is. So that is a 4.30 Eastern start time for Gated Destiny. And 
Uh, we will be back probably Thursday. We're not going to tie anything down yet. We're busy people. We we live busy, fulfilling lives. But we'll be back next week reviewing at least Gated Destiny. And if not, doing both of them at the same time. That would be an insane show. But we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward right. to it. All right, Case. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, no. That's it. All right. You can follow us at on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate. Case is at underscore in your case. I am at Fujiheya. That's it for Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next time reviewing Gate of Destiny. Take care.